It's another beautiful day for baseball in Los Angeles. And baseball podcast. Josh Schaefer and Blake Harris cover everything Dodgers right here on Inside the Ravine. The postseason is officially underway. Our heart rates are higher than they've been in about 12 months, and the Dodgers lead the Padres 1-0 in the NLDS. I guess this is episode 11 slash quickie. Josh, I don't know what we want to call these, but we have a brand new episode of Inside the Ravine because we have game one to talk about. Josh, uh, the game ended about 10, 15 minutes ago. How are we doing over there? Is your blood pressure down? Yeah, I mean, I feel like the game ended in the sixth inning, to be completely honest with you. Once once Evan Phillips kind of got out of that, you know, I was sitting forward for the rest of the game. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I felt like looking back at the seventh, eighth, and ninth innings, it seemed like that was pretty much it, was the sixth inning. Was, you know, the Padres got runners on here and there, but for the most part, the Dodgers' bullpen really shut it down. Um, so um, I thought that I thought that the bullpen looked pretty good outside of just the, the little hiccup there from, from Phillips and doing doing okay now. But, I mean, this is kind of what we expected, I think, from game one. I remember on the show the other day, didn't I say that the Dodgers were going to be up big and then the Padres might make it interesting later and then that's how the game you was going to end and that's kind of what we get and like I said I had an event tonight so I did not get to watch the first couple innings when the Dodgers were up 5-0 um, listened in the car to the Padres comeback and then got to see the the scoreless kind of final three four innings of this one so uh, good game um, uh, not the best for the Dodgers and they still came away with a win yeah this was a strange game because the offense started out you know insanely hot i think they scored five runs in the first three innings mike clevinger was pulled you know after two and two-thirds innings i believe and after that i believe josh the offense did not record a base hit against the padres bullpen so whenever they brought in a reliever with two outs in the third inning or it was one out the dodgers didn't have any hits i think they drew two walks i want to say but after the offense was looking unstoppable early on They just went ice cold. So we're going to break that down. We're going to break everything down from the game. But before we do that, you guys can listen to Inside the Ravine wherever you guys get your podcasts. You can find us on the Odyssey app because this show is brought to you by Odyssey Sports. We're also on Spotify. We're also on Apple Podcasts. And you guys can also follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Inside the Ravine. So, Josh, let's start at the very beginning. Let's start with the Dodgers and Trey Turner. Now, this is a guy that we've talked about in the previous episodes because Trey Turner was awful for the Dodgers last postseason there's no easy way to put it he was horrible for the Dodgers I think he hit just below 200 he was right around the Mendoza line and he struggled and he looked lost at the plate well his first at bat he hits a home run immediately puts the Dodgers in the lead later in the game hits a double and then later in the game literally falls just maybe feet shy of hitting his second home run so the Dodgers offense looked great early on, but my biggest takeaway is Trey Turner because you could not have asked for a better 2022 postseason debut than the one that we got from him tonight. Yeah, I mean, this is a this is a player that the Dodgers need to be hot in October and beyond because last year he just wasn't quite there. And and obviously game one uh, of the NLDS and, and he was fantastic. He was two for four, obviously had the home run, scored twice. Um, and even the two at bats where he came to the plate and and didn't get a hit or didn't get on base, um, he still had some great at bats. Uh, and I, I think that's even bigger when you look at what Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman did tonight, which was go a combined zero for seven, and they each had a strikeout and had some pretty poor abs. So 
Um, when you look at the top three in the order, and, and Will Smith had had a good night too, two for four, a couple of runs scored, and an RBI. Um, so so he had a good night as well. So when you look at the top four and you see two guys combined for four hits, four runs, two RBIs, and obviously the home run from Trey Turner, and then you get the other two, 0 for 7, two strikeouts. Um, obviously not the best from the top four combined, um, but two really good days from Turner and Smith while two of the others were, were lacking quite a bit. And again, it was just one game, but th- that's a takeaway is you need players like Trey Turner to be hot, especially when guys like Mookie, Bur- Mookie Betts and, and Freddie Freeman are not. Yeah. I mean, like you said, they both went and combined 0 for 7 and Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman. I think Mookie had one pitch that he fouled off that I think was almost a grand slam. He was up with the bases loaded, but, but those two guys had awful at bats the entire game so they looked bad but yeah Trey Turner coming up huge and like you said Will Smith was huge as well I think he had two doubles drove in a couple runs so had it not been for Trey Turner and Will Smith who knows where the Dodgers offense is in this game maybe they lose but Josh so a lot of good happened in those first three innings like I mentioned five runs six hits but once they pulled Mike Clevenger out who was struggling big time the Padres turned to the bullpen And the Dodgers had absolutely no answer for them. Like I said, they were hitless over those final six innings, only drew two walks. So, yeah, it's great that they won five to three. It's great the offense scored five runs. You'll take five. I mean, if if you score five runs, you'll win a majority of your games. But how concerned are you with the fact that the Dodgers finished the game going, I'm guessing, what, 0 for 18, 0 for 19 against all these guys? Yeah, I mean, they didn't have a hit after Clevenger was pulled um, after two and two thirds. So, uh, I mean, you look at, at at the bullpen for the Padres and Steven Wilson was uh, efficient. Pierce Johnson and Tim Hill were both good. And, you know, our, our two players that in the past have not had very much success against the Dodgers. And then uh, Nick Martinez was a workhorse for the Padres this year. Uh, I mean, what, he made a ton of appearances. He logged over a hundred innings for the Padres and he came in and had one inning and was clean and struck out two batters too. So um, I think the Padres bullpen used, uh, they really needed to rely on both Wilson and Johnson. Um, Hill and Martinez didn't throw very many pitches. I think they combined for 19 total pitches. Uh, 13 of the 19 were strikes as well. And they had three strikeouts between the two of them in just two innings. Um, but Wilson and Johnson are guys that we probably are not going to see in game two. Uh, because of of the fact that they both needed to go longer than an inning. They both threw more than 24 pitches. Um, So they were really effective. And the Dodgers, uh, after Clevenger was pulled, just didn't really have an answer for it. And I I don't really know what that reason might be, whether they were too aggressive at the plate, not aggressive enough at the plate. Um, But it just uh, just wasn't there later in the game. Hits weren't falling. But there were still guys that were having some really good A-Bs. Yeah, I mean, had the Dodgers not scored those five runs early on and they would have closed the game going 0 for 19 or whatever it was and they were to lose the game, that's all everyone would be talking about. Everyone would be talking about the Dodgers just struggling to hit at the end. Like I said, six innings or however much it was, they went without a hit, only two walks. So luckily, again, they added enough runs early on. They could have tacked on even more, you know, in the second and third inning. They stranded a lot of guys. So again, you don't want to be too negative when you win a game five to three, but it is a bit concerning again, because you don't want to see a team like the Dodgers be held hitless over the final six innings in a playoff game. But 
I'm just happy that Trey showed up. I'm happy that Will Smith showed up and Gavin Lux had some good at bats. Cody Bellinger had some decent at bats putting the ball in play. So overall, uh, what grade would you give the offense uh, based on this performance? Um, I would give it a, I'd give it a six. I think it was not as good as it should have been, especially after you see the first three innings of the game and you're thinking like, okay, they could, they could run away with it. I mean, I mean, yeah. I got in the car tonight and I'm listening to the Dodgers or I'm listening to Julio give up those three runs um, in the fifth inning. And I'm thinking, well, the Dodgers bats are going to come up and you know, Julio maybe going out a little earlier than we expected, but and giving up a couple of runs, but the Dodgers bats have been hot tonight. And uh, just for the rest of the game, it just wasn't there. So I'll give it a, I'll give it a five or a six um, just because they were so good early. They were swinging at everything. Um, they were putting the bat on the ball. Obviously Turner had the home run, but the rest of the game, uh, it wasn't there. So I'll, I'll give yeah. it a six for slightly above average because we know what they're capable of. Um, I don't know if I'm concerned at, at how the final, uh, what, one, two, three, four, five innings went, but um uh, I'm not really concerned, but it definitely should have been a lot better. Yeah. So again, a win's a win. You'll take it. Only two more. We're going to flip things over to Julio now. He only won five innings, allowed three runs. Through the first four innings, I mean, he was in cruise control. I think he allowed only one base runner through those first four innings. And then the fifth inning, Josh, I don't know if you were home by the time this took place, but it was kind of just a really weird inning. I mean, Will Myers leads off with the home run. Cronenworth hits a single. Hassan Kim hits a double that Trace Thompson Doe four and missed. I don't know if you saw the home run from Will Myers. If Trace Thompson just gets like four or five inches of a vertical leap, he probably catches it, but I don't think the dude jumped more than two inches. So he jumped into the need... wall, Yeah, but I, I need I need to see some guy like climb the fence. I need some Ishiro out there that's just climbing the wall and robbing it, getting half his body up there. And then he threw it home on a uh, tag at the plate. Just missed him. So an overall kind of rough inning. And yeah, just kind of weird from Julio because he was in cruise control. And this was the bottom of the Padres lineup that did all the damage. It wasn't guys like Soto, Machado. It was everyone at the bottom. So overall, I mean, a a solid outing from Julio. You'll take five innings. You'll take three runs. But a a little concerning that in that fifth inning, he kind of just imploded and everything was kind of just collapsing at once. Yeah, I mean, it had it had been months since he'd given up three runs in a game, let alone three runs in an inning. Um, if you yeah. look at the other numbers and you see five runs or uh, five hits, excuse me, five innings, four hits, no walks, six Ks. I think you're thinking that Julio had a phenomenal day, uh, but then you look at the one fifth inning um, when he gives up the three earned. Um, so it didn't look great. Um, his, his ERA after one game is going to go up a little bit, but ultimately it's going up because of one inning. Um, I think that. There were a like you said, you know, there are a couple of plays where things didn't go his way. Obviously, um, Will Myers put a lot on that ball. Um, it did just barely get out. Um, but it not only was it a weird inning for Julio, it was a weird inning for Trace Thompson and left. There were a couple of defensive plays there for Trace that just didn't go his way. Um, but you know, you get one of those things to go a different direction, um, and it's a different inning for Julio. Um, but also, you know, the first four innings, not only were they great, but he got through Profar with ease. He got through Soto with ease. He got through Machado right. with ease. Like he cut through the top of the order uh, and Drury as well and made it look very, very easy. He struck out Brennan Drury twice. Um, but then that fifth inning comes around and the pitches were a little bit sporadic. Um, they were kind of going all over the place. The curveball was not as effective as it had been. Um, and and that's kind of where you see a little bit of the drop off. So 
Um, ultimately, it was a fine outing from Julio. I don't think there's much to be concerned about. I think that just the fifth inning was weird and did not go in his way. Yeah, completely agree. So before we move on to the bullpen, Josh, I want to stay on Julio just for one quick second. And we might be implementing a new segment during this series called uh, Dumbest Tweet of the Night. And uh, I found this tweet, Josh. I don't know if you saw it, but I'm going to read it to you. This comes from a verified San Diego uh, Padres person that's not, you know, not just some random fan that I found. This is a verified person that has a pretty good gig in relation to San Diego sports and with the Padres. And Josh, let me read this to you because when I read this, I had to double and triple take to make sure that this wasn't just some sort of a meme or that he was just joking around. Really? The only good news here is that Dave Roberts wasted his best pitcher against the Padres on the biggest mismatch, mismatch of the series. Imagine if this was happening and they still had Urias tomorrow. The Padres still have their best three starters coming up. So he's essentially saying that Dave wasted his best pitcher in game one because I, I guess in game one, Josh, you're not supposed to throw your best pitcher. You're supposed to... Uh, use the mismatch to your not advantage and throw your worst starter. I'm Ron Burgundy. This sounds like an opportunity for the Dodgers to get ahead in the series. And also I don't think it matters who the Dodgers are throwing, right? It matters if whether or not the Dodgers are hitting and who the Padres are throwing and the Dodgers chase Clevenger after two and two thirds innings. So I don't think that has anything to do with Dave Roberts and Julio Urias. Like it, what matters is the Dodgers scored five runs four earned on Clevenger and chased him after, you know, before three full innings. Like that's not a waste of, of Julio. Um, that's yeah. Julio coming out and throwing <laughs> a couple of good. In- I mean, and then you look at his, his pitch count too, like 79, like, all because of pretty much one inning too. I mean, I thought it was a fine game and also like it wasn't a total blowout. Um, I think I'm, I'm, I'm curious to, to hear what um, people covering this or watching this from a Padres perspective think, but I think that even with the Dodgers up, even with the Dodgers up four or five, I feel like it didn't really seem like it was that much of a blowout too because of just the way that these teams have played against each other in the playoffs or from time to time in the last couple of years. But I mean, I, I don't know. I don't even really know what to make of that tweet. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I think like, as, as a, as a once um, glorious now disgraced college football coach once said, you play to win the game. <laughs> a perfect, perfect way to describe that. My favorite thing is just how he ends the tweet saying the Padres still have their best three starters coming up. Is it the Dodgers aren't countering with, the best left-handed pitcher of our generation who dominated this year and two starters that were on the all-star team in 2022. So yeah. if anything, the Dodgers, you could make the case, have the edge in all four of these matchups. So that was the uh, dumb tweet of the night. We'll stay tuned to see if we find any more, but Josh, we'll wrap things up with the bullpen. They shut things down. They were fantastic. Evan Phillips, Alex Vesia, Bruce Dark Ratterall, Chris Martin, Evan Phillips, things were a little interesting in the sixth inning, allowed the first two to reach base, but he got a crucial double play to end the inning, and that was the biggest play of the game, in my opinion, because Will Myers is up, he's representing the go-ahead run, you have the tying run on first base, Evan Phillips didn't have his best stuff, and he gets a massive double play that, uh, like I said, in my opinion, is the biggest moment of the game. Yeah, and you know, by all means, you know, after that moment, you play on for another three innings, right? But that really did, looking back on it, that was the game right there. Was that was it? 
Dodgers win game one is the Padres finally threaten. Here's their opportunity and the, and the Dodgers get out of it with that big play. Um, so not only was it, was it a good recovery from Evan Phillips and a good defensive play by the Dodgers, but um, ultimately I think it was a very, very well-managed game by Dave Roberts too. I was just talking about this with my roommate not too long ago was, uh, you know, after the game we'd said, I mean, I thought it was a very well-managed game by Dave Roberts and you put Phillips in, in the sixth inning and, you know, my first thought is like, man, I mean, he's been kind of a, he's been kind of putting out fires all season long. Like, is this the guy you want to come in right now? And then you see right. he's going through the lineup for a third time against the big three in the Padres order. And you think, yeah, yep, that's who you want coming into the game. Um, now, yeah. it didn't go perfectly. It wasn't incredibly smooth, but he got out unscathed. And then after that, Vessio was good. Um, Gratterall got one out. You know, and then on one pitch, on one pitch, you know, efficiency and Chris Martin, very, you know, he didn't, he didn't blow you away in the ninth inning, but very clean and efficient. And he threw 11 pitches and eight of them were strikes. So a well-managed game, a clean day for the bullpen. Um, By all means, they might, they might win the game and kind of get overshadowed a little bit by the Padres bullpen. And that's totally fine because the Padres bullpen looked really good tonight, but the Dodgers bullpen, man. And after those two runners reached in the sixth inning, they were lights out. Um, and that was big. Yeah. Yeah. Th- this is one of those, those games where we really do need to appreciate Dave Roberts because he managed this bullpen to perfection tonight, taking Julio after five, like you said, bringing in Evan Phillips to face. I think it was Soto to start the inning. It was Soto Machado, then uh, bell. So a huge move going to Evan Phillips. Vessia was excellent, like you mentioned. And then having him go one and two-thirds, bringing in Bruce Dark Ratterall, who, again, literally needed one pitch to record one out. And then Chris Martin, we were all we were all thinking who's going to be getting the save opportunity in the ninth inning. It was Chris Martin. Uh, he did allow a base hit to Cronenworth, so the tie run did come up, but he shut things down. Uh, Josh, I think we set an over-under a couple weeks ago on how many pitchers we think are going to get or are going to record a save in October. I forget what we said it at. I want to say four and a half was the line we put it at. And I think maybe we both took the over. So if we did, well, we already got one down and a few more options to go. So a fantastic, fantastic showing. Josh, before we leave, I actually opened up the mailbag to our viewers and we have a few questions. So do you want to do a quick rapid uh, mailbag to shoot off some questions before we head out? Yep. Let's do it. We'll rapid fire them. All right. Our first question comes from my man, Bruce K. How do you guys think Tony Gonsolin, Dustin May, and Andrew Heaney are going to be used through the rest of this series? Uh, well, well, Gonsolin um, is a guy that I think obviously is going to be at the front end of a game. I think May could even come out and be um, a firefighter and you know, you know, put out some bad situations um, later or uh, later in games too. I thought that that's that might be what we get tonight. Um, so you never know. That's, that's what I think it's going to be. Um, and, uh, I think, you know, see, see Tony at the front end and, and, and may come in and try to close the door, pull an Evan Phillips role. Yeah. My guess is, yeah, Tony gets the start in game four, goes a couple innings. I think Heaney follows him. And I think at some point in game two or three, we see Dustin may come in for an inning or two, but going to be interesting to see how they exactly deploy that. Uh, I am so down bad 69 
I think they've asked us a uh, I think they've asked us a question before. They just said offense went cold, but probably shaken off some rust from their bye. Won the game without Mookie, Freddie, JT getting hot. But here's their question: Is Trace Thompson a defensive liability in left field? Like I mentioned, that one inning was kind of a disaster. He could have made an attempt on the home run, had the diving play where he wasn't anywhere close to the ball, and then he didn't throw out the runner at home. So three plays again, and it didn't cost the Dodgers, but. Maybe one of those places he's able to make. So, Josh, when you have a guy like Joey Gallo that's won the gold glove numerous times, do you potentially go to him in left field now, or do you stick with Trace because he offers more upside with the bat? Credit to my roommate and broadcaster and, and, and a Dodger fan, Braden. He said this before the game ended, and it was, do you play? I, I think I play Joey Gallo in left field tomorrow. And it's not a slide on Trace Thompson. Um, it's, you know, obviously Gallo is the high ceiling offensively, which we haven't seen a ton of, but he does have that high ceiling, but defensively, man, he's a guy that probably makes a better effort on the home run. I don't think he's going to catch it, but he makes a better effort and the dude's got a good arm and maybe that play at the plate goes a little bit different. Um, so I say get, try it, you know, I say, try it and see what you get. You also get Blake Snell too. Um, or you get you Darvish tomorrow, um, not Blake Snell. Um, so you get you Darvish tomorrow, righty pitcher. I say go for it. Yeah, I I know a lot of people are out on Joey Gallo, but the fact that he can hit a home run at any given time is going to be huge in the postseason, and he offers much more upside defensively. So like you said, there's a righty on the mound tomorrow. Maybe they go with Joey Gallo. I personally would, but, you know, We'll just leave it at that. So, Josh, that wraps up our mailbag. Again, if you guys have any questions you'd like to ask for future mailbags or let us know your takeaways or, you know, how you're feeling following the game, make sure to follow us on Twitter at Inside the Ravine. I'm going to tweet following every game saying, now's the time. Hit us with your takeaways. Hit us with your questions. But, Josh, before you go, I actually was able to reel in a very special guest to uh, share share something with us. Uh, before we leave for the night. So uh, let's bring our special guest on. The mad after Rea- Reality is that when you're playing against your daddy, you need to try to do something. <laughs> <laughs> you have you to try to do something me. different, Kevin. You can just keep continue having the same approach. You don't know what you're going to do. You need to try something different. Yes. You know what I'm saying? I totally agree with Frank <laughs> and a so right. You have to do something different because, first of all, you're playing against one of the best offensively teams in the whole baseball. And... You are 5-15 and 15 again, this guy. You got to try something different. Hey, Pop. All right, well, we appreciate <laughs> David Ortiz for uh, filling in 30 seconds of his busy schedule to uh, get that in. But, yeah, Josh, uh, what is it? You, you got to play better against your daddy? Is that yeah, what the quote I mean, was? <laughs> yeah, the quote was, in the reality is when you play against your daddy, you have to do something different. Quote, Big Poppy. So, all right. Again, I mean, including the postseason, the Dodgers are 15-5 and five against the Padres this year. So we'll see what we get tomorrow. But thing for the Dodgers is keep doing what you're doing. You know, keep getting hits. Keep hitting Padres pitching. And hopefully the bullpen does well tomorrow behind Kershaw. All right, so that wraps it up for this episode. The Dodgers win 5-3. to three. They take Game 1 of the NLDS. Game 2 coming at you tomorrow or tonight whenever you're listening to this podcast. 5.30 is first pitch, Josh, so one hour earlier. So make sure to set your alarm so you don't miss that and you tune in at 6.30 and the Dodgers are up 3 nothing in the fourth inning. So make sure to do that. 
All right. Thank you. I was um, going to forget. <laughs> make sure to follow Inside the Ravine again wherever you guys get your podcasts, the Odyssey app, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We are going to be having instant post-game reactions following every game. Hopefully, we have uh, many more of these, Josh, preferably exactly 11, because that means the Dodgers go undefeated on their way to a World Series title. But That'd if you guys... Very that would ju- Not even would that just be nice and cool. That would just be very convenient. So if they could really make that happen... Be. That would be great. Thank you, Dodgers. It would it really it ease our stress levels. So make sure to stay <laughs> tuned for post-game episodes following every Dodgers game. Win or lose, preferably win, but we'll have to wait and see. Again, you guys can find us on social media at Inside the Ravine, on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. You can find Josh on Twitter at for 25 You can find me at Blake Harris TBLA. Again, thank you guys so much for listening. Dodgers lead the series 1-0. This is going to be a fun series. This is going to be a fun postseason series. And we hope you guys follow along with us here at Inside the Ravine. For Josh Schaefer, this has been Blake Harris. Thank you guys so much for listening. And enjoy the rest of your week, wherever you may be.